0: talk about what do we do? What do we do when things don't go as planned? Maybe when our expectations, you know, weren't met, when, when we thought things were going to be one way, but they go a completely different direction, right? I remember when I was a kid, um, I lived in mid-Missouri, okay? And so just in case you didn't know, um, they might call them the Ozark Mountains, but they're not mountains, okay? And so, if you ever ever heard of, oh, in the mountains of the Ozarks, you know they're really not mountains; they're just hills. And so I lived on the north edge of the Ozarks in Columbia, Missouri, and uh, and it was a great place to grow up, but not a lot of hills. And so I I was just from a young age just kind of addicted to adventure. I I, I wanted to do adventures. I wanted to do adventurous things. And so I had watched movies and and seen on TV, uh, you know, ski downhill skiing and snowboarding in Colorado. And so I was I was my mind was blown. I was like, I have to do this. I absolutely have. To do this and so at one point our youth group did a, a trip to, over to kansas city and just so you know there's no mountains there either but there's a hill there's a really big hill and there's a there's a ski slope and we did this all night ski thing where you go at 10 and you ski to like 6 a.m and um and it, it was crazy but it's just ice it's straight up ice and so i i was on my tail the whole time i came home hurting and i was like that wasn't as fun as i thought right but then I saw there's this new thing called snowboarding, right? Because back then, like, you know, back in the, in the late 80s, early 90s, you know, it, snowboarding was kind of new. And so I was like, Mom and Dad, for Christmas, I want to snowboard. I'm going to learn how to snowboard. It's going to be amazing. We even have a hill in our backyard. It is going to rock. And so I asked for a snowboard for Christmas and that's all I asked for. I didn't know anything specific. Remember, I'm from Mid, Missouri, so uh, I'm not a mountain boy. I don't know anything about snowboarding. I just, I'm like, I'm gonna get this thing. I'm gonna do this. And I had these visions and these dreams of me strapping on that snowboard on, on Christmas day and going out and, and man, if the good Lord blesses, there's gonna be snow on the ground on Christmas day in Mid, Missouri, which is kind of a miracle. And so, and so I get the snowboard that Christmas and there happened to be snow on Christmas Day. Can you imagine? I go out and I try to snowboard on this thing and I tried all day long, but couldn't get to down the hill one time. And I was like, what is going on? I'm athletic, I'm, I'm coordinated, I just don't get it. Come to find out, there's this thing about snowboards, real ones, they have metal edges that help you to catch the edge and, and be able to snowboard right. I had gotten a cheap plastic snowboard for Christmas because being from Missouri and my parents are down from the boot heel, it's not like we know a lot about snowboarding or skiing. So it, you know, in their mind, this was a great snowboard and it sure looked pretty, but, but it, was, it was just for messing around in the backyard, right? And so of course my Christmas dream was crushed. But hey, I still had a good time trying and, and we had a blast. But my expectations weren't met. And maybe for you, it's been something a little bit more serious. Maybe, maybe you got married, you spent $20,000 in the wedding. Come on, somebody. You're gonna pay for it till you're 65, but that's okay. Um, and you're two months in after the honeymoon and you're like, whoa, this isn't what I expected. I didn't know marriage was like this. And you kind of have that realization. You're like, this is marriage? This is a lot of work. I did not expect this. What is going on here? And maybe you have that 911 moment where you call a friend who's been married a while and, and you kind of have a, a, a come to reality discussion. Or maybe you get the perfect job and you're so excited, you're straight out of school and you're like, life couldn't be better, the salary's great, this is awesome. Man, the life is just so good. And then your boss is a jerk. Or the dream job that you thought was gonna be amazing just turns into the dreaded job six months later after you figure out what it's really like. Maybe you commit to a ministry position. You're like, I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna serve at church. I'm gonna do what God has called me to do. And then somewhere along the line, once you started dealing with people, you got offended. Right? And you thought to yourself, well, aren't people supposed to be nice in ministry? It's like, God, I'm doing after all what you called me to do. What is wrong with these people? Right, Forgetting that we were once one of them, and still are, and will be, <laughs> until we go to heaven. Maybe you looked forward to that restaurant date and then there was a hair in your food, <laughs> right? There's nothing worse than your expectations just getting thrown on the ground and stomped on. Maybe, Mom, you're looking forward to family time and everything's just gonna be perfect. You've, you've played it over, over and over and over in your mind and, and then everybody comes and they act like they don't wanna be there. Everybody's on their phone. Maybe you, you think and you look at the Bible and you're like, the Bible says that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength and you get yourself all pumped up and then you're not even really sure if you're gonna make it to tomorrow. There's this huge gap a lot of times between our expectations and reality. So what do we do? Most of the time, we try harder, we, we work harder, we, we just give it all that we got and then when, when that doesn't work, what do we do? We just go into deep despair, right? We just get, get kind of depressed, and, and then we get cynical, and we get negative, and we're, ah, I guess this is all there is to life, right? But just like we said last week, we, we, we create as perfect of an, of an environment as we can, but it's never quite enough. And that's never more apparent than during this Christmas season. The outward decorations don't give a lasting reprieve from the inward. Turmoil. And so that's why last week I said the theme kind of verse of this, of this series was going to be in Isaiah chapter 9. And I'm not going to read the whole thing again, but here's just a few highlights. It says, nevertheless, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. And so we know that even when our, our expectations don't get met, when things don't go as planned, and, and we'd fall into that despair moment, hey, it's not going to go on forever. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. And so we We know, not just because of the season, but because of who Jesus is, that we have something to look forward to and he's gonna light the way. It says, for you will break the yoke of their slavery and that you was Jesus, and that the the there is you and me, our slavery, and lift the heavy burden from their shoulders. So this weight of depression, this weight of man, life stinks, this weight of, uh, you know, my, my plans and my dreams are all shattered, gone. Love it. And then the popular part of this passage, where it says, for a child is born to us, a son is given to us. The government will rest on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. His government and its peace will never end he will rule with fairness and justice from the, lo- from the throne of his ancestor David for all eternity. Underline that word. That's gonna be a big one today. The passionate commitment of the Lord of Heaven armies, heaven's armies will make this happen. I love that. So God's committed to you. He's so committed to you that he sent his one and only son be born as a baby in Bethlehem, to grow up and die in your place and mine on the cross, all so that you won't have to walk in the despair and darkness forever. Love it. What a promise. Heavy burdens gone. Prince of Peace. And just like we talked about last week, you don't need me to tell you that there are some things that hashtag living your best life can't make better. There are some things that that just can't make better going on the trip, drinking the perfect coffee, you know, getting your me time. There's some things that just circumstances won't make better. There's a few things that are so hard on your soul that they make it virtually impossible to rejoice. But we see here that the burdens like that, Jesus and only Jesus came to remove and he's the only one that can go to certain places in your heart and remove things that are just this heavy. And so today, we're gonna talk about unmet expectations when things don't go as planned. But just to lay some groundwork before we get into the the points of your notes, there's three views, starting points, perspectives that I just wanna outline really quick because this is gonna be a foundation to our response today because it depends on which view you come from as you attack this problem in your life. If you're gonna go from weary to rejoicing, then we got to look at our perspective. The first perspective is the individual view. This is my perspective, my window, my filter. You know, I see my bad circumstances, and it's all that has happened. It's it's all that is in my view. For instance, you know, and, and I just happened to, be, happened to be talking about football with some guys yesterday, and, and we got on the, the subject of concussions, and 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 that's that's a big deal, right? And so when you get a concussion, you know, you're, you're um, you, you really can only think about that. Your head hurts. You're, you're dizzy. You can't stand for very long. It limits what you do. And when things don't go pl- as planned in life, and when, especially when it's kind of hurtful, man, that's all you see. You've got tunnel vision, and, and it's just your view, and all you can see is the hurt and the pain that you're going through. And so that's the individual view. You can't see clearly. You're disoriented. You're discouraged. You have doubt. You're offended. And, and that's all you can see. The second view is the worldview. And some people think that this is, this is God to just have a great worldview. Oh, I see the world and, and I, I understand how the world works. And, and oh, man, I, I really see the big picture as far as the world is concerned. But really the worldview all this is is how the world sees itself, how you or me or, or anyone with enough information creates a view of the world. To me, this is self-help, this is an opinion, this, these are hacks, this is knowledge, this is what we have learned so far. And in my experience, a worldview can only take you so far. You need something bigger. And the third view is an eternal, view, the big picture view, a true big picture. And when I say a big picture view, I mean an eternal view. You see, there can only be one right view. Reality is a constant. It doesn't change. It doesn't, you know, change because we feel a certain way or because we went through a certain circumstance. Reality is reality. And there's only one of them, which means that we better have the right big picture view. We better have the right eternal view. It's really hard to make it through life without a big picture view. And I believe this is one of the most valuable gifts that the Bible gives us. Listen, to thrive in a temporal world, in a temporary world, with an eternal soul, which you have, your soul will live forever. And so to thrive in a temporal world with an eternal soul, you must have an eternal view, bigger than the here and now, asking yourself the questions like, where do I fit into all of this, right? And we see this right off the bat in our story. And so just to remind you, if you wanna go from weary to rejoicing when it comes to unmet expectations or plans not going right in your life, then we have to start with an eternal view. All right, Luke 1, verses 26 through 38. The star of our story today is Mary, and I love it. It says, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee. Now, if you go back to the whole passage of Isaiah chapter nine that we read last week that was written hundreds and hundreds of years before, it was a prophecy about Jesus coming, it mentioned that the light was going to come to where? Galilee. Sure enough, here's Mary in Galilee in a village called Nazareth. And Gabriel, the angel, shows up to her, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant, right? And so we've, we've already, right in this passage, seen two eternal view things, big picture things things that span hundreds of years, things that say that, man, God is intricately involved in the stories of our lives. So, so uh, Joseph was a descendant of King David. Gabriel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her, for you have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestor, David. Man, this is just so cool to me and I hope it strikes you in some way the same that it's striking me, that God is looking at this big picture view. He's connecting the past to the present, and the future. You've got King David in the Old Testament, and then you have the prophecy in Isaiah chapter nine, and then you've got this little teenage girl in, in Nazareth, and what's gonna happen in her life, and then he's also telling her what's gonna happen in the future, that your son is gonna sit on this throne, that King David had way back then? And he will reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. for the word of God will never fail. I love that little encouragement that the angel just tags on the end. Mary responded, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you said about me come true. And then the angel left her. Let's pray. God, help us today. Help us to apply your word to our life. God, thank you for this, these stories that aren't just stories that are, are true history, these things that really happened, that are going to help us today make sense of when things don't go as planned in our life. Amen. So the first thing that we see in this passage, that you can fill it in in your notes on, on your paper or on the app, uh, the notes are there as well, is that our lives are part of God's Greater story. Our lives are a part of God's greater story. It says in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God knows the timeline, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, which was mentioned back in Isaiah chapter 9, to a virgin named Mary. She was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. It's going from the past to the present to the future. It's, it's all over the place. And what does that say to me? That, man, there's a big picture and God sees it and I'm a part of it. You're a part of it. In Psalm 139:16, 16, it, it gets even more specific. It says, you saw me, talking about God, you saw me even before I was born. Every day of my life, was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day had passed. Now, I can't explain to you all the ins and outs of this. This is one of those mysteries in God's word that just blows my mind. Like, for instance, and I'll just be really honest with you today, I don't understand how I can have free will and choose to do what I do every day, but God already knows every day and how it's laid out, right? And this is a... Argument and a, a, a thing that has stumped people for centuries. And you know what, where I've landed? <clears throat> that God is just that good and he's just that big that somehow I, I can choose and God's got me in the palm of his hand. I don't get it, I can't explain it, And but guess what, you can still trust him. You can trust it because for centuries and for years and for ages, God has continued to show up in the lives of his people and guide and direct how he sees fit. And so, man, don't let this be something you just glaze over today. You gotta know that God is intricately involved in your life and he knows what you're going through and he has a plan for you. You're incredibly valuable to God. You matter. And there's a bigger picture too. And he sees exactly where you fit in all of it. God's big enough that both can be important. That this big life story that God has, that he's playing out in all of creation through people like you and me, that's important, and guess what? You're important too, to him. It's amazing. You know, sometimes when I think about history and all that's happened, and I'm I'm like, God, I'm just one little speck, and yet, he knows me. He knows my name. He knows how many hairs are on my head. He knows the plans that he has for me, and they're good. And so be encouraged today. The second thing that we see in this story is that we all get confused and disturbed sometimes. Can I get an amen? Amen. We all get that that temporary concussion where we kind of get distorted when something happens and it and it and it proverbially knocks us upside the head and we are confused and disturbed. Which is exactly what Mary felt like when the angel shows up in a room and tells and completely derails her life with these plans. Confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Confused and disturbed. You know, one thing that is really obvious here is that tough things happen to everyone, not just bad people. Because there's nothing easy about being a, probably around 15-year-old virgin, miraculously conceiving. Everybody thinks that you were, that you, were uh, you know, uh, unfaithful to God outside of marriage. Nothing easy about that. Not being able to really say the truth because nobody's going to believe you. Having a baby way long before you thought. Having a baby in a stable. All kinds of things not going as planned. So, yeah, she's confused and she's disturbed. Sometimes, God's favor in your life doesn't feel like God's favor. Have you ever noticed that? That... God might be working and God might be doing something, and, and you're like, God, this can't be you because this is really hard. Has anybody else ever felt that way, or is it just me? But here's what I know, and here's what I've seen through scripture and even the story that, that, that we're looking at today. For change to take place, and when, when God is working in His will in and through our life and doing what only He can do, sometimes it's going to get uncomfortable. I love what John Maxwell says. He says, nothing worthwhile is downhill, right? It's usually uphill. It usually gets all up in our business and and makes us a little uncomfortable sometimes, and it was no different for Mary. There's no shortcutting the process, right? There's no shortcutting it. So a lot of times people say, well, how do I know? when it's God doing something miraculous like he did in Mary's life? Or how do I know when it's just chance? Or how do I know when, when it's the devil? Or how do I know when, if it's a bad thing or something that's hard or something that's uncomfortable happening in my life? How do I know if it's God or not? Real quick. Sometimes he caused it. Sometimes he didn't. But he's always in it. And let me unpack that a little bit. Sometimes he caused it. Sometimes he doesn't, but he's always in it. Let me explain what I mean. God is not the author of evil. If it's evil, it's not from him, okay? It wasn't him. Bible also teaches this, that he disciplines those he loves. Obviously, this in Mary's life was not discipline, but sometimes God allows hard things to come in our life to help guide us and get us back on track, right? He is love. He is love. And so he only interacts with us in a loving way. And that doesn't mean that sometimes it's not hard. But here's what we know throughout scripture in every single story. He always restores. He always redeems. And sometimes his plans don't look anything like yours or mine. Amen? But be encouraged. That even when it's hard, even when you get confused and disturbed, even when you feel like something just knocked you upside the head and you have no clue what's going on, I would quit asking yourself the question, why is this happening to me? And start asking yourself the question, God, where should I start seeing you in this? Because whether it was evil and the, and you know some attack of the devil or the you're the enemy of your soul or whether God is, is just doing something really weird that you don't understand at the moment or whether you know um, uh, you know he's disciplining disciplining you it really doesn't matter at the moment all that matters all that matters is that you know that he's gonna get himself right in the middle of your business and do what he wants to do Romans eight twenty eight says and we know. That in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So when the devil comes in and does some things that are hard and we get confused and disturbed, hey, God's gonna, God's gonna be there to interject himself into your life and put things back together. When it's God, then we know he's working. Even when it's hard and when things make us confused and disturbed, hey, he's still there and he's still in it. That's just what he does. And so what do we do with that? Number three. Number three, we can make a quick pivot. And this is what I love so much about Mary. After the angel you know, gets done with his spiel, she, Mary responds so quickly, right? It's not like she had a few days to think about it. It's not like she had weeks to pray about it. No, she just responds quickly, regardless of how she feels at the moment. And she says, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you said about me come true. I love that, this is a quick pivot. It's a quick answer. It was on the tip of her tongue. It was something that even though she was confused and disturbed, she was ready to say, God, I'm in. I'm ready, let's go, right? She made a quick pivot. Listen, you and I, when we are confused and disturbed, when things don't go as planned, we get to choose how long we will choose to stay shell-shocked. We get to choose how long we're gonna stay in that, in, that, in, that, in that hole of confusion and disturbance. We get to choose how long it's gonna be before we say, God, your will be done, not mine. And whatever you wanna do in this situation, here I am. Let's roll, right? Listen, when our expectations don't align with reality, We realign our hearts with scripture, not the other way around. We realign ourselves. And so when her plans got all messed up and things got really uncomfortable, she's like, God, here I am. I'm with you. Let's go. Another thing that I see from this is that obedience does not require understanding. You don't have to see the big picture. You don't have to know why. You don't have to see all of what God is doing to know that you can follow him and you can trust him and that he's got plans for your life. It's just how good God is. We can trust him. Why? Because we have an eternal view, because we see the big picture laid out in scripture, because we know that if he did it then, that he'll do it now, just like that song we sang today. We can have faith. God's got you. He loves you. And you can make a quick pivot. I love what it says in James 1, 3. It says, For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. Right? When you make that quick pivot and you turn your heart towards God, man, you're growing in endurance. And then in Habakkuk uh, 3, 17 through 18, it says... Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there's no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty, yet, underline that word, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. There is nothing like a quick pivot for your soul. Recognizing things are bad, this is uncomfortable. This is not fun. Yet, I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. Our attitude has to reflect the goodness of God, not our current situation. Whether you're in a job you don't like, or you hate school, or your family situation really stinks right now and it's just hurting and it's broken and it's, it's, it's just bad. Whether God is stretching you in a, in a season where you just feel like your arms are about to fall off, he's stretching you so much whether you're in a challenging season, just all over, the health, the finances, everything, and and, and you're just being pulled in every direction, you can still make a quick pivot. And you could say, just like Mary said, regardless of the reason of why it's happening, a great answer is always, I am the Lord's servant. May everything you say about me come true. Amen. Number four, wrap it up today. God's presence equips us for the journey. And this one is, is kind of a, another one to maybe gloss over a little bit, but man, it's, it's not something to gloss over because it's not just your perspective and it's not just that quick pivot that is going to fuel you for the long run. It's the Holy Spirit. God's spirit in you that is gonna make all the difference that's gonna give you power over sin, that's gonna give you the chance to have a new life and to live as a new creation that Christ has already made you into. God's presence equips us for the journey. Where do we see this in the story? The the angel Gabriel said to Mary, "'The Holy Spirit will come upon you, "'and the power of the Most High will overshadow you.'" So this happened to Mary, okay, when she conceived as a virgin, the savior of the world. Fast forward a few years, actually about 33 and a half or so, and the believers assembled in the upper room. They, Jesus had left and Jesus had promised and he had told them the Holy Spirit is gonna come on you and you're gonna be my witnesses and you're gonna have everything that you need to live this life that I've called you to live. And the same promise that happened for Mary and the same promise that happened for the disciples, it is available and ready for you today, that God's Holy Spirit can overshadow you, that the power of the Most High God will come upon you. It's an amazing promise from God's word, amazing promise. I love these words, think about this for a moment, overshadowed, come upon. You know, another word that sometimes we use for just just being completely overcome by the Holy Spirit is saturated or that we soak in his presence, that we just sit in his presence. I love the heart of King David when he said, better is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere, right? Just this this desire to be with him. We know that when the, the 120 were filled with the Holy Spirit in the upper room, they had been waiting for days, praying and just seeking God in prayer. And there's this picture of just being soaked in the presence of God. You know, one of my, uh, just a, an example that I think really illustrates this that I love is and now I've never done this. I've just watched YouTube videos on it, which basically makes me an expert. But you know, certain kind of woods and people that really know what they're doing with wood, they'll they'll completely submerge that piece of wood in a big bucket of water why they'll leave it there overnight or days i don't know how long how long they leave it there but when it's completely soaked and completely saturated guess what they can do with that wood that they couldn't do before they can bend it they could shape it they can mold it and they could do things with it that before it was soaked it would have broken it would have splintered it would have caved under the pressure But after it was soaked, it was able to bend and not break. What an amazing picture for you and for me that just like Mary, when she was overcome with the Holy Spirit, amazing things happened in her life that weren't possible otherwise. And it's the same for you and me, that when we submit our lives to the working and the power of the Holy Spirit and we say, God, saturate me, soak me, I wanna be in your presence. I wanna I want start my day with you. I wanna end my day with you. I wanna live by your spirit. I wanna be overcome by you. What amazing things can happen when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and the power of the Most High God overshadows you. God's presence equips us for the journey. How is this possible? How is it possible? I love the example in Hebrews chapter 11, verses 13 through 16. This is known as the faith chapter, and it tells the story of all kinds of people who, who made extreme decisions by faith. Basically, they say yes to God, not knowing the result, and followed him, you know, when things were unclear, when things didn't go as planned in their life. And it says all these people Died, still believing what God had promised them. They did not receive what was promised. Now we could just stop right there and be like, what in the world? They trusted God, they followed God, they did what God said, God didn't show up. And this is where your eternal perspective comes into play. But they saw it all from a distance and welcomed it. They agreed that they were foreigners and nomads here on earth. Obviously, people who say such things are looking forward to a country they can call their own. If they had longed for the country they came from, they could have gone back. But they were looking for a better country, a better place, a heavenly homeland. That is why God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared a city for them so mary must have had this perspective as well that she knew that even though her plans got derailed even though life was going to look a little bit different and she was going to trust god guess what jesus sitting on the throne of his ancestor david did that happen in mary's lifetime nope it didn't will it absolutely Jesus, because he died on the cross and rose again, he made the way so that he could sit on the throne of your heart and my heart. And someday he's gonna come again and he's gonna take his place on the throne. And someday we're all gonna be with him in heaven if we've given our lives to Christ if we put our faith and trust in Him, and we're all gonna sit around that throne and praise Him, saying, worthy, 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 holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty, and it's never gonna get old. And so I wanna encourage you today, when things don't go as planned, have an attitude that just says it's better this way. Don't be so fragile. Soak yourself in God's presence. Remember, the goal isn't temporal, it's not just comfort in this life, it's eternal. The goal is being with him, whatever that looks like. Whatever it looks like. And so, what are we gonna do? We're gonna remember the big picture. Our lives are part of a greater story. We're gonna acknowledge, it's confusing, it's disturbing. I don't get it, and I'm with you. But we're gonna make a quick pivot and we're we're gonna declare that God, I'm your servant. Whatever you wanna do in my life, here I am. Let's go. And then we're gonna rely on God's presence every day. We're gonna invite his Holy Spirit every day to overshadow us and to fill us and to be our power and our guide for this life, amen? Amen. If you could bow your heads and close your eyes, I wanna pray with you today. If you're here today and you say, Joe. It's time for me to begin a relationship with Jesus. Maybe you've been watching from a distance for a while. You've heard about him. You've heard the story. You know that Jesus came as a baby. He lived a sinless life. He died on the cross for you and for me. He rose again on the third day. And and you're ready to say, I believe. I believe. You're ready to do what the Bible says when the Bible says confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead and you will be saved. You're ready to take that step today. If that's you and you wanna give your heart and life to Jesus, I'm gonna give you opportunity. Just raise your hand. I'd love to pray a prayer with you today. Anybody in the house that say, hey, I'm ready. I believe. Let's do this. Amen. If you're online today with me and you you wanna make that decision to follow Christ, you can raise your hand right from your couch. I can't see you, but that's okay, because God sees you. Is there anybody here today that says, I wanna follow Jesus? Maybe this moment has been building for a long time in your life. You've been listening, you've been maybe coming with a family member, you've been thinking about it, you've been wrestling with it, and you're ready, amen. Awesome, amen, you can put that hand down. If you raised your hand today, we're gonna pray a prayer together as a church, and we're all gonna pray with you. And so we're all gonna say this loud and proud, proclaiming our faith in Christ. Just repeat after me, say, Jesus, I'm a sinner and I need a savior. I believe you died on the cross, you rose again, and I wanna follow you. Here I am. Help me to understand your word Amen. Amen. Let's give those that gave their lives to Christ a hand today. Amen. Amen. The Bible says you're a new creation in Christ. The old is gone. The new has come. It's a new day. Amen. One more. If you are just going through those broken plans, those broken expectations, things, life went off the rails and and you don't know what's going on. And you're wrestling with it. And you just want to invite Jesus to overshadow you with his presence, just like we talked about today. And you want to make that quick pivot and say, God, I'm trusting you. As I pray a closing prayer, I just want to encourage you to raise your hand. Let's pray together. Let's believe. Let's trust that God's going to be everything you need. Amen. Raise your hand today. God, I thank you so much for your promises in God's word. Thank you for the story of Mary. And God, I pray that even in this time when things haven't gone as we planned, that we know that you're able to redeem and work yourself into what's going on. And so we surrender to you, and we ask for the power of your Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us every day. We love you so much. We're available to you. Use us in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us online at Mosaic Church. We hope today's message was life-changing and useful. For more info, visit mosaicscincinnati.com.